Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We'll be bringing together the best technical leaders from across the industry to discuss passions, challenges and ideas. I am Matt and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the Sydney market. Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across Australia to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. I'm Matt and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the Java market. Today I'm joined by an impressive lineup of guests. We have Vinnie Lawrenson Woods, VP of Product Engineering at Prezi. Then we have Alan Wojcik de Silva, the Software Delivery Manager at Macquarie Group. And finally, Cyrus Patel, the CTO at Insight Timer. So today we are going to discuss choosing the right tech to enable scalability. And these guys all have first-hand experience in navigating the challenges of scaling within their organizations. And they're here to share their stories, insights and valuable lessons that they've learned along the way. Throughout this episode, we'll dive deep into the core concept of scalability and shed light on the cutting edge tools and strategies that can fuel your business's growth. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So Vinny, do you want to kick us off with a bit about yourself? Uh, will do. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for, for the invite. Um, it's great to be here. Uh, well, my, my background, I'm a self-taught engineer, uh, originally from Liverpool in the UK. Um, I worked in many industries across the UK and the US before coming to Australia uh, about 10 years ago to 2013. Um, since I've been in Sydney, I've led a number of uh, large teams at Vodafone, uh, Qantas, Atlassian, and, and now I'm at Prezi, the, the gifting digital gifting company, um, as the VP of product engineering and part of the global engineering and delivery function. So, hey guys. Perfect. Thanks very much, Benny. And Cyrus, do you want to go next? Um, thanks so much, Matt, and also thanks for the invite. I'm really happy to be here. Um, my name's Cyrus. I'm the CTO at Inside Timer. Um, I've been around the Sydney tech scene for all oh, 26 years. Started in 1997, working on that, you know, that Y2K tech bug. Um, <laughs> that was while I was still at uni and then I've bounced around from many startup companies in Sydney. Um, I've also worked with a bunch of large companies like uh, IBM, GE, um, Optus recently. Um, I've been at Inside Timer for six years now. We are a uh, an app, a well-being app. We have 25 million users around the world. We connect 20,000 uh, teachers to our 25 million users. Um, we're mostly free users, but we also have a premium subscription. I'm primarily a back-end engineer. That's what I do most of the time, in addition to you know, looking after the teams. I um, started in C, C++, but now I'm mostly on Java, Node.js, Perl, Python, and I'm also learning a new language called Dart, which seems to be up and coming. Um, I'm extremely passionate about scaling, but I'm also passionate about doing it in such a way that we don't waste money. It's so easy nowadays with cloud services to just burn through money so how, how to scale in an intelligent way is my number one passion um, thanks very much for having me here brilliant 
Thanks very much, Cyrus. And, and um, we'll definitely hopefully be diving into that a wee bit deeper. Um, and last but not least, Alan, do you want to introduce yourself? Thanks. Thanks, Matt. So thanks for having me here. So yeah, my name is Alan. So I'm in the IT industry for over 20 years, most of them in Brazil. I'm originally from Brazil. Uh, so I've been in Australia for eight years now. So I come from a strong tech background and uh, right at the beginning of my career, I discovered extreme programming and agile. And since then I've been applying those techniques and and the companies and projects I've been working for. And uh, always with a keen eye for cutting edge tech. And I worked for many different companies and different industries and various sizes. And uh, I joined Macquarie Bank uh, for over a year now. So yeah, that's a, that's a bit of me. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Alan. Um, yeah, so look, now that we have established a bit of a context to each of you, um, we'll, we'll move on to the topic in focus today. So in this digital era, scalability is the lifeblood of, of any organization's success. Whether you're a startup with ambitious growth plans or an established company aiming to expand your horizons, making informed decisions about the technology you adopt is really crucial. So each guest today has um, come up with a question or statement uh, around the topic of choosing the right tech to enable scalability. As usual, we'll take each question one by one and work around the room to give everyone the opportunity to to have their say on, on the situation. Before we do that, though, I'm really keen to find out exactly what scalability means to you and your organization. So we have um, you know, lots of different organizations represented today across different industries and markets um, and, and at different stages of their journey as well. So um, yeah, really keen to find out kind of what, what scalability means to, to each of you and to your organizations as well. So um, Alan, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Sure. So uh, basically, for, for to define scalability very bluntly, I'll say it means ad- adaptability, right? So we want to adapt our, our work environment to scale, right? So to be elastic, to accommodate any workload. So that's what comes to mind, uh, first comes to mind to me. Uh, and related to the industry that I'm working for at the moment, so banking, uh, it's uh, so we have to have very have to be very cognizant of security, right? So security comes at the top of anything that we're going to discuss around that. Perfect. Thanks very much. Benny, uh, what does yeah, what does scalability mean to you? Uh, a lot. It's something we discuss a lot every day. Um, well, since I joined Prezi uh, just over two years ago now, um, very much in that startup phase, I'd say we're really in that scale now um so i think to me that there's for present in particular there's probably maybe four or five areas which i think scalability applies uh you know we we started as a lot of scale up starts is build a product get it out to market and then actually as the company becomes more successful you start to go is that product fit for purpose as as you grow um so one of the things we're involved in on a daily basis is is our, I guess, our transformation program. So we're taking legacy architectures, legacy products, and, and we're, we're rethinking how that's going to support us. And when I say support us, obviously that time 
we've had massive growth. I mean, I think the company was around 80 people when I joined. Uh, product engineering was now 80 people. So it's a kind of huge growth. So from that, then we've got to think about the performance of the environment. You know, the, what we needed to support two years ago was vastly different from what we've got to support now. We've also moved into new markets. Uh, so we're global, we're in the US, the UK, New Zealand, Australia, and we're looking for further markets. So again, that lens is another thing. How do you support that global scalability as well? Uh, and I think then obviously there's people side. So, you know, with that growth comes people growth. And then that's another area you need to consider with scalability. Um, not only who's doing what and why, but things like team design, kind of how that works with your architecture, what, how do you make sure you can continue to support that architecture moving forward as well? So lots of different things in mind. So that's why I'm really interested in the conversation today, because it, I'd say it's very short to mind here because you think. Brilliant. Thanks very much, yeah. Finian. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll be unpacking um a lot of a lot of that uh throughout the questions that that, that each of you have prepared. Um and Cyrus, what what does scalability then mean to mean to yourself and, and to Insight Timer? Well, scalability is one of those words, right? It has like a million different meanings. <laughs> so like like Alan and Vinny said, there's the scaling people. So whenever we have like a huge amount of work coming into the business, us in the engineering team need to either grow our teams, add more squads. We need to, you know, we need to adapt to the, the oncoming workload. And then as a backend engineer, I'm constantly thinking about our 25 million users and will they be able to access our services in a, in a fast available way? Um, there's an image in my head I have when I think of scalability. It's, it's of a tsunami coming towards the shore and it's mm -hmm. just going to crash. And can you handle that tsunami? That, that, that's, um, so it's, it's like 99% of the time your system might be fine, but it's that 1% that, that really matters that that's going to make or break your system, whether it goes down or not. So, so that's, that's the image I keep in my head when I think of scalability. Brilliant, thank you, and 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 I think that's a that's a really great um, analogy to use as well, and and sort of really put, puts into perspective what what we're talking about today. Um, so so great. Look, I, I, I want to do that first because um, you know as you've all kind of touched on, um, scalability can mean lots of different things. So it's great to make it clear to to our audience and to everyone listening what what we're here to actually talk about today and and, and what we mean when we talk about scalability. Um, so that that's great. Thanks very much, guys. Um, and then on to the questions that um, you know that you guys have posed. So um, as I mentioned at the start, each of you had prepared a question that you'd like to discuss on the podcast. Um, and as we normally do, we we'll, we we'll work around the room and answering those questions and and using our insight um, or using your insight um, to do that. So, Cyrus, we'll start with your question, actually, um, which was, what are the best strategies and tools for scaling a service globally? And uh, Vinny, I'm keen to hear your take on this one first. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, because I, I think uh, there's some really, I think, really obvious questions. Uh, sorry, obvious answers, and I think there's some really uh, more nuanced. Still, it depends how granular we want to get with this. But um, 
I'll probably say the very first thing, uh, a strategy of the two of us probably, you know, and again, it may sound really obvious, but, you know, cloud technologies. Um, you know, if we try to do some of the things we're trying to do here on with data centers, then I think we, we, we would struggle. So I know a lot of people would use that, but there are people still out there using data centers. But I think having that, that cloud uh, first approach, I think, is, is, is gives you a lot of flexibility and scope and, and, and the tooling that you need. Um, but I think importantly, you need a plan. Um, so, you know, what you need is like that target architecture. What what you think you need to get to where you are. I think coming into any scalability conversation and just react to what you see in front of you will not end well. Um, you need to understand where you're going and why. And then that leads into sort of architectural plans. Um, how do you... So this is not even talking about individual granular tooling. It's saying, okay, are we going to be service orientated? Are we going to be a event-driven? Are we going to be these things? Is that going to solve the problem? So ultimately, you've got to get back to that problem statement. You know, what what are you trying to achieve? And uh, I think um, the patterns also help. You know, we talk the people side as well. When when a lot of people are working in environments and they're trying to scale a lot of services and solve a lot of problems, then having a consistent plan uh, will save you a lot of pain later down the road. So I think I'm not going to necessarily go into individual tools because I think it's, it really depends on, on the environment and on what you're trying to solve. But I think the key thing is a strategy, client patterns, and then maybe have uh, some of the dev, dev tools uh, to help support, you know, in terms of uh, creating boilerplates, kind of modules, you know, kind of dev experience that consistent approach that, that can be applied across all teams. Guardian is effectively to not move forward. So I guess that's my view on it. Great. Thanks very much, Vinny. And yeah, I think that that's definitely an, an important consideration to take in before you do anything is, you know, what what are you actually trying to achieve? Um, you know, before you before you dive head first in. Um Alan, what what's your take on it? Yeah, to add to what Vinny said, uh, in that plan, we should have clear requirements, I'd say. So have clear requirements and metrics, what we want to achieve and how we want to measure. So that oh, that will encompass the, uh, the the whole plan for for the cloud adoption scalability. Perfect. Yeah. And uh and Cyrus, what uh so obviously this this was the question then that you had, had posed originally. Um so love to hear hear your views on it and and also your thoughts on, on kind of what the what Vinny and Alan have added as well. Um yeah, I, I definitely second that that we should be on the cloud. Like I cannot even think about doing the things we're doing now without without with our own infrastructure. Um I think those days are mostly past. Um at Inside Timer, when we started, like we were just a small team, we of course started with a very simple monolithic architecture. And then what we found is that as we started getting more global users, we started seeing these peaks during the day, 7 a.m. in mm. New York, 7 a.m. in London, when people wake up, open our app, and then you just see this massive spike. This is like the tsunami I was talking about. It would come yeah. and it would just overwhelm our services. Um, so, so. About three years ago, we made a 
a new architecture, a new plan to, to migrate. We chose Google Cloud um, and we also used um, a technology called Firebase, uh, which is fully managed kind of serverless um, services. We do have some servers, but we try to stick mostly with serverless things because they have auto scaling built into them by default. Um, and also you only pay for what you use. You don't pay for wasted services that are just sitting there idle. When you have a monolithic architecture, you need to over provision your, your backend because what happens mm -hmm. is you have to be able to handle those spikes. And when the spikes go away, you can't scale down fast enough that you're, you're just paying for nothing. Um, and the second thing is we, we, we want to think about our services. It, we want to think about the cost of our services, not just in a, um, how algorithmically complex they are, but we want to think of them in terms of kilometers too. So, so for example, if you have a page that you want to load, you want to see what, how, what's the distance that, that that data has to travel to get to your, get to your client. So if it's, if it's data coming from a local database on the client itself, then that's zero kilometers. If it's coming from a, a CDN, a content distribution network, then it's coming from your edge server down the road, maybe 50 kilometers. If it's coming from our servers based in the USA, then for someone like Australia, it could be thousands of kilometers. So we always think about in terms of that, that distance, um, and, and try to try to reduce that, try to get that number of kilometers as small as possible. And that means doing stuff like moving a lot of our data, duplicating it and putting it on our clients. So our Android and iOS clients have their own databases. And a lot of the data that the client needs comes from its own local database, which, which syncs with our USA database whenever it needs to. So, so there's a lot of, lot of strategies like that. Just thinking about those kilometers. Okay. Right. Brilliant. Thanks very much for that. Yeah. I suppose that's, that's that every, every little helps kind of thing, you know, what, anything that you can do to, to speed up performance, to, you know, minimize those, those kind of, um, you know, those, those distances, as you say. Um, you know, is going to make that extra little bit of difference. Um, you know, to the final product and to the service you're you're providing. Um, so Brian, look, uh, thanks very much, guys. Um, great, great start to that. And uh, now, now we'll actually we'll change direction slightly. Um, and move on to Vinny's question. So that was, how do you not only choose but also maintain the right tech to enable scalability? So, um, Alan, do you want to kick us off with this one? Sure. I guess again, this is basically linked to the to the first question in a in a in some sense, right? So we need mm -hmm. to define requirements. So define those scaling requirements. We need to evaluate technology options, right? Make some POCs to validate assumptions, right? Uh, and then choose the right scalable architecture, right? And then after that, we have to monitor and measure performance. So yeah, all, all those things comprise uh, part of part of that tech that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So yep, that's uh, and uh, of course we need to add automation to all that. So we so we have speed of delivery as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and Cyrus, what what's your thoughts on it then? Um. I definitely recommend serverless, fully managed services um, that cloud providers are now providing, like Firebase. 
Uh, it's basically you can outsource your whole DevOps team um, and, and get Google to look after it, look after scalability, look after security. Uh, tools like Firebase on, on the cloud are amazing for doing things like that. Perfect. And uh, and Vinny then, obviously, it, it was yourself that, that uh, was keen to know thoughts yeah. on this question. What's, what's your take? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is one I'm, I'm keen because it's it's once you've introduced the things you want to do, then it's actually maintaining where I think the real pain goes. Um, we start to learn if it was the right decision, but it's also how do you keep um, things essentially consistent? Um, so you know, I'll make the points about automation. It's it's key. You know, you've got to automate as as much as possible. Um, you know, and it's kind of you know here in my real like history in, in, in this industry, it's like, you know, everyone in teams want to go off and, and build something that everyone's got their own ideas. But the danger is when you're scaling, people go off and build everything differently. Uh, and then how do you manage that when you're trying to support, you know, you know, it's if the languages you choose or the tool that you choose, if, if everyone went off and chose their own, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you put the things in place to really help? Uh, maintain that and I think this to me is a really key piece uh, and, it, and it comes from the dads of things like cost you know uh, you know you've got to make sure everyone's kind of doing it in a relatively similar way you can keep an eye on these things you can automate things like scaling up and scaling down you can automate um, but you know recognize when things are, are not used correctly but when everything is you know, a free for all. It's it's uh, well, it's quite a dangerous spot, especially as your team grows. You know, you can get away with it maybe if your team is four or five, but if it gets to 15, 20, 30, 100, 200, it just exacerbates. Um, so I think scaling is one thing, but it's it's also considering what that looks like after we go live and what that looks like six months down the line. I think that's really key. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, and I think um, you know, as as you alluded to at the start, um, you know, at, at Prezi in particular, um, the growth that that you guys have went through over the past sort of couple of years, um, I imagine that that's definitely something that you've had to consider along the way. Absolutely, yeah, it's an interesting challenge. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, great. Thanks very much, guys, again. Um, and then last last but not least, um, for this morning. We have um, Alan, and, and your question was around what are some of the challenges that you have faced when scaling software and how can they be mitigated? So I know everyone here has has experienced, um, you know, scaling software and, and um, will no doubt have, have challenges that have come alongside that. And, and obviously our, our listeners would be very keen to hear, you know, what, what those challenges are, what some of the typical ones are, um, you know, any any niche challenges that you've faced as well and then obviously what you know what what you have done through your experience that that can help mitigate those so um yeah look cyrus do you want to want to kick us off on this one um yeah definitely so so when you do have a very simple monolithic architecture the problem with that is that everything is on one box you can only scale up that one box um and you can't usually scale it up fast up and up and down fast enough to handle those variations in traffic so the first thing i would suggest most people do is is split up into 
microservices and split it up in such a way that you keep this thing, this in mind that you need almost two separate services, two separate architectures, one for personalized data, which is things that are only relevant to the user using the client and unpersonalized data, which is static data, which everyone sees the same thing. If everyone sees the same thing, that means you can put it on the CDN, you can put it on the client, you can put it in a bunch of places where it can be accessed extremely quickly and with very little cost. Um, and then that can live there with a cache time of one hour. So you're basically loading, when you load a page on a website or an app, you're loading static data first, comes extremely quickly, and the user gets a good experience because they get to see something immediately. Um, and, and then you layer on top of that personalized data. So then you, like whether or not you bookmark this page, for example, that's an example of personalized data. Mm. And personalized data, I would suggest as much as possible to put that on the client itself. Build a database and a, and a SQL query language on the client. And that can sync with the server whenever it needs to. Um, and that way you get, again, very cheap, very fast scaling. Um, the, the tricky bit comes now where we're at a stage where all our servers, our databases are in the USA. And we, we have to think about when do we need to split that up into multi-continent deployments. And I'm trying to avoid doing that as much as possible. I don't <laughs> want to. I want to keep everything in the USA for now. Um, but at some point, yeah, once you reach like 100 million users or something, at some point you have to do that. But um, try to push that, try to cross that bridge as, you know, far in the future as you can. Um, because it's not easy at all. It's really hard. Perfect. Thank you, mate. And uh, and Vinny, what what's what's your thoughts around it? And look, I think mitigation. I think you've got to. I'd probably start with people. I think uh, have you got the right capabilities? Um, do, you, do you need to to bring them in, or do you need to train? What does that look like? Um, you know, there's there's an ownership question as well. It's like um, if it's not clear who owns what, then that that can be that can add some risk. Um, you know, things like the correct tooling, which uh, you know, I talked a little bit about before, you know, uh, we, we have a platform team here, which, which manages, you know, that's more of an enablement function. So they will abstract pieces off, they'll add some tooling. So each of the developer teams have a consistent way to do things, which is definitely a, a, a risk mitigation, I believe. Um, you know, and it's, it's clear strategies as well, you know back to the planning piece as well. You know, understanding what you're trying to solve, uh, the problem you're trying to solve and how to do it. You know, something as simple as choosing a database is not that simple. You know, you've kind of got a genius relational database of key value, but you're kind of trying to understand how that's going to be used and really start thinking of what's the worst case scenario if you make the wrong choice or, or maybe there's a choice that you could change down the line how can you manage that so it's kind of really thinking through these things um and that, that can see back to your architectural tree some of those things tie into each other but you can obviously mitigate going forward there's got to be a sense of actually knowing what you're trying to do at the beginning because you, some of these choices can be quite expensive if you make the wrong one um you know for example like I said, we've scaled as a business dramatically. 
So the the kind of TPS levels that uh, we're expecting now is like nothing like it was originally. But if we want to keep our APIs to sub one seconds or whatever that might be, five hundred milliseconds, then that takes effort, and, and that, that and you've got to think about that every part of the the piece. And uh, and to the point of like you know you've got global functions as well. Where's your data? Is it federated? Is it is it kind of localized? How do you store your personal data? You know, these these are these are hard decisions to make if you make them after you've implemented solutions. Um, and then it's again, you know, that latency piece of you're getting data from different parts of the world. You know, what does a global service even mean? You know, um, so there's there's a there's a lot of planning in there to to actually to, to feature proof, I guess, what you're trying to do. Great, thanks, Vinny. Yeah. That- definitely um you know important considerations to make um along the way there as well and and alan then um you know obviously this this was the question you put forward um you know what what's your thoughts on what the guys have said and and, and your own view on it but yeah i second all that so uh, getting the right people for the job that's that's crucial right because it's not easy um so yeah when it comes to data so data growth is inevitable right so we need to on top of data management um also if we need to consider costs right and that goes back to planning requirements and measurement right so you need to get metrics from the get-go otherwise you'll be you know you'll be you'll be just finger in the air kind of thing so yeah uh, i guess everything everything has been said yeah yeah, I'd probably just add to that because probably be, being probably messed with Carabao with Rabbit. Observability is huge. You know, yeah. how how we make sure we know how the system's behaving. We can kind of see if, if the performance is, if, if it's managing, it was better. Well, see where the spikes are, where where the opportunities to 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 improve pieces are. You know, alerting is around that. You want to be ahead of the problem, you want to try and be on a problem before a customer sees a problem. You know, so so again, it ties into you know that's how you maintain, but it's also a risk mitigation as well. Um, you know, so, so it's like I think and documentation as well. You know, how someone learns about a product and how to use it and and, and go with it. Observability and documentation from areas which are overlooked, and it can really cause you some serious pain down down the line. It's definitely worth the investment. Yeah, the other thing that I'd like to add as well, uh, so testing and simulating those uh, worst case scenarios is something that you know, needs to be looked with caution as well, right? So we need to simulate, try to simulate some scenarios so we can make sure our infrastructure is good enough for the job. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think Prezi was one of our, I think, most inspired um, kind of investments was in the performance testing um, space. It really gives us a lot of insights and it's really helped direct uh, where to prioritize the work um, and give us also confidence when we hit some peak early, peak times, we go into them with a lot more confidence. So. Great. Th- thanks very much, guys. Um, yeah, look, really, really interesting discussion, really, really interesting viewpoints as well on that. Um, and that was one of the reasons I was I was so excited for today's podcast is that, you know, I know that, that each of you are at, um, you know, 
using scalability in different ways or talking about scalability in slightly different ways and that that's you know what we what we aim to do was to say you know what what does scalability mean to each of you um, and your organizations and and also them to cover you know all of all of that all of those insights that that you will have you know got from your experiences and and from you know what what you guys have been doing with with your um, related organizations so um yeah look that it's been a thoroughly enjoyable podcast today um and i suppose just just to wrap us up and, and to conclude everything's a wee bit uh you know we we've started off we've covered what scalability means to each of us the strategies and the tools that can be used for for scaling a service globally and how we can choose and maintain the right tech when when scaling and what those common challenges are when we're trying to scale software and then the 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 things that we can do to mitigate those um, and some of the interesting things that, that that came out today i think are you know the the real importance of planning um you know the importance of planning before you jump straight into to trying to scale um and the need for people to be you know people and the technology to be adaptable when you're doing that and um, alongside that with the you know the importance of being cost effective and how you can use um, metrics to to track those and to track that um making smart decisions initially i think you know was, was covered quite a bit so um back to that planning piece of you know before you dive in um you know really thinking about where where you're trying to get to where the end goal is and what you're trying to achieve and um, the importance of cloud i think came through quite quite heavily there um, and how do how do you use servers more efficiently and also moving those servers globally um, w- when you need that. And I know, Cyrus, you, you touched on that quite a bit. And then finally, um, you know, the, the importance of, of data management and um, and then just to, just to finish off, the importance as well of, of investing into testing um, and, and how crucial that can be when you're looking at scaling. So... Um, I don't know if anyone else has has any closing remarks. That that's they're the big things that I took from today. Um, but I'm happy to open the floor if anyone has anything else that they'd like to add. Uh, I recently read an interesting article that that Facebook has something like 300 people, a lot of them PhDs, just thinking about scale and <laughs> just <laughs> just thinking about how to scale their service. So so the key takeaway is this is a really really hard area. It's not easy at all, um, and, and there's a lot of strategies, but but you have to think very carefully about them. Yeah, and I think it's also being aware of how the, the landscape is constantly changing, and, and it goes back to having to be flexible. And you know, we've been on, you know, I guess the, the I guess the common thinking that across is you know, we break the services down more to to, to allow for you know uh, independent releases and. and uh, smaller blast radiuses around different things, but interestingly enough, Amazon Prime just recently uh, wrote a piece on actually moving back to Monolith, um, which is really interesting. Um, so it's a fascinating how that the world always always changes, and I think you've got to, you've got to think how it's going to solve your own problems. And I think that's that goes about understanding your own problem statements before deciding. Uh, there's there's a lot of thinking out, out there on it and um, uh, there's a lot of research to be done um, but I, I think it's it is a fascinating space yeah yeah that's right so and uh back to some of the points that we discussed uh we talked 
quite a lot about scaling technology, but we, we need to think about how, how we scale the organization, scale teams, et cetera, right? So it's not only tech, but people as well. We need to involve in this discussion. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, look, for, for my two cents, I'm glad that uh, it's you guys that are in the position to to consider those things and have to worry about those those challenges and everything. Um, and I can just sit back here and uh, and not be too concerned about it. Um, but yeah, look, um, great, guys. Really, really enjoyed this today. Um, and before we, we end the podcast, I just want to say a really, really big thanks to all of our guests for sharing their, their thoughts and opinions and insights in today's conversation. So once again, our guests on today's podcast have been Vinny from Prezi, Alan from Macquarie Group, and last but not least, Cyrus from Insight Timer. So before we close, if you are hiring for any new technical rules or looking for a new rule yourself, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. My name's Matt and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at matt.johnston at evolutionjobs.com.au or alternatively, you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash au. Thanks again to all of our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us all next time.